everybody, and welcome to Learning from Smart People. I am your host, Rob Oliver, and joining me today is Lauren Schiefer. She is also known as the Colonel's Daughter. She helps build leaders who dump the drama, create empowered working environments, and transcend mere success to find true significance. She is a certified speaking professional who has spoken in seven countries to associations, organizations, federal, state, and local governments, as well as Fortune 500 companies. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So first of all, I want to say you're, you come from a military family, obviously, with a name like the Colonel's Daughter. And I want to say thank you for to your family. Thank you to your dad for serving our country. It's really what makes our country great and what makes our country free and wonderful like it is. So thank you. Well, you're absolutely welcome. I, I would, my first comment would be that I didn't serve, but anyone who grew up in the military knows that families serve just as much as, as um, our servicemen serve. So I, I will say you're welcome for all, for all the families. Absolutely. So tell me then as a Colonel's daughter, did you have to move around a lot? Were you raised in the States? Did you have international experiences? How did that all work? Uh, I was, I did not live internationally. We did move, uh, every 18 months to two years. The shortest station I ever remember was six months. The longest I ever lived anywhere until I graduated high school was three years, just shy of three years. So we were all over the. So I'm sure then that you've got kind of like a flavor for different parts of the country. What was your favorite part of the country to live in? The Rocky Mountains. Uh, it's got to be cool. I have I have a um, massive hole in my heart for missing mountains and ponderosa pines. It's a different smell than any other kind of pine. And um, clear mountain streams. It's, yeah, that's the that's what makes my soul sing. That sounds amazing and wonderful, and you know, like the smell of pine to me is it's what you stick on the rearview mirror yeah. of your car right and i'm sure that that is not what the ponderosa pine smells like at all no not at all i wish i had um the right words to de to describe the difference so just suffice to say that yeah no it's quite different so let me make the comparison for you it is the orange crayon compared to the orange of sunset there's just no comparison whatsoever. That's true. That's beautiful. Yes. All right. So you're growing up with a dad who is a colonel. And now, does that mean that you're growing up with kind of like the military discipline in the family also? And I, it's really important to me and anyone um, in the military who might be listening um, to clarify that my father was a lieutenant colonel in the United States Air Force. Okay. When you achieve the rank of lieutenant colonel, they begin addressing you as colonel. Uh, you would not walk up and salute someone and say lieutenant colonel. Uh, so we were taught in our household that we stopped saying Major Lee's house when we answered the phone and began saying Colonel Lee's house. So we affectionately refer to him as the colonel. He was a lieutenant colonel in the United States Air Force. Uh, and yes, there was... Uh, there was discipline. There was not that my father was a very strong handed disciplinarian. 
He didn't really have to be. And yet it was very clear that what dad said goes. You know, it wasn't like issuing an order, but it kind of was. So, and, and um, I guess that is just something that develops being, being raised by a military man. I don't ever remember challenging it ever. Yeah. I would imagine that he's got folks that when he tells them what to do, they go and do it. And that's how the things operate on the military base and in his military experience. And then when he gets home and he's, he says, Hey, I need you to go do this. Um, he's not expecting any different kind of response than what he's receiving uh, from his rank in the that military. That is true. That is true. I would imagine then that he has got to have a great repository of wisdom about leadership. And I would imagine from, from what you and I have talked about, even just a little bit, not only does he have this wisdom about leadership, but he's got wisdom about life. Mm-hmm. How was that conveyed to you? So my father had a habit of stopping them in the middle of a sentence. And he would say, pay attention, kid. This right here, this is a road sign in your life. You have to decide whether you're going to follow it or not. It wasn't until after he passed that I realized that the road signs were indeed life lessons. And so very early on, even before I branded as the colonel's daughter, I had a keynote and a book called Road Signs on the High Road of Life, where I was sharing my father's wisdom. After he passed, I started writing down, every time I heard dad's voice in my head, I started writing down what I remembered. And that's what transitioned into the kernels of wisdom. But the way dad would word it, dad would call, dad called him road signs. This right here, this is a road sign in your life. That's what he would say. Wow. So it's kind of like he was, he's telling you, okay, here is the important nugget and what you do with it. It's up to you. And I love that concept of road signs because when you're driving down the road, you see the thing that says curve ahead. And because there's a curve ahead, you need to slow down and you need to adjust what you're doing based on the road signs. And he's saying, what I'm giving you are the signs of what's coming ahead in life. And if you're paying attention to them, it's going to have a major impact on you. So exactly. The very first one, very first quote that's, you've got a new book out, right? And yes. And that is the second book in a series. Okay. And I got, I did not get the first book. I got the second book and I only got one chapter in and I was just blown away by what he had to say in there. Very first chapter, he gives a quote and the quote is, anyone can be successful, kiddo. Making a lot of money, that's easy. Choose to be significant. And Mm -hmm. that's a wonderful quote. And what he makes in there is a difference between the concept of success and the concept of significance. What does that mean to you? Well, and, and that actually is, is one of the primary foundations of everything that I teach. And that is that success is inwardly focused. Success is about money, how much money you make, what your title is, what your position is, the, what I call the trappings, what kind of car you drive. Significance has nothing to do with any of that. Significance is about how many lives you touch and the manner in which you choose to impact them. Because how we impact people 
is a choice. It's a choice we make every day. So that's why he, he would always say, you know, anyone can be successful, kiddo. Choose to be significant. That is awesome. And it, it means a lot to me personally, because when I am looking at my life, living with a disability, having the experience of having a lot of limitations, I had to really assess what success was for me in life. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with this concept, but there are the three stages of death. Um, there is a, a physical death where mm -hmm. you breathe your last. There is um, a visual death where you, your body is interred in the ground and no one sees you anymore. And then there is your legacy death in which it's the last time that your name is spoken on earth. And so to think about how the impact of what you do and the impact of your life is something that lives on far beyond when the time when you breathe your last and your body's put in the ground. And that's really what he's talking about is that mm -hmm. the relationships and the impact that you've had on the world. And that is going to be something that carries on long after. I had never, thank you for that. I had never heard that before. And that is so profound. Well, I got thank it from you. somebody else. Well, listen, the name of the show is learning from smart people. And here's what I've come to understand. There's a lot of smart people out there. And if I just listen to them, they can teach me a lot of good stuff. So um, it's not mine. It came from somebody else. And although I don't know who, so in that he's, He's telling you about this and how many, how many different times have you thought about like, oh my word, I'm in an experience and I'm needing some wisdom and guidance. And you go back to, to hearing your dad's words ring in your ears. Oh, I don't know how many thousands, thousands every day, sometimes multiple times every day. Uh, most the best example that I have most recently is the situation that we're all in right now with the pandemic and the meetings and hospitality industry uh, just on its ear. Uh, my fellow speakers and, and I and meeting planners all experienced a complete loss of income in a 72-hour period. Everything that I had booked for the remainder of the year slid off my calendar. And so you're faced with a choice. What do you do with that? And I will admit that um, I, I took a day or two to curl up in a corner and suck my thumb, figuratively, maybe literally, I don't know. Um, and then dad's voice came into my head and he said, use what you've got and just show up, kid. That's one of the um, the quotes in uh, actually in what will be the next book, which will be on accountability. But um, he said that all the time. Use what you've got and just show up, kid. And so that is what helped push me back into trying to figure out what my next phase is going to look like. What is my new reality as someone who is accustomed to making money standing in front of thousands of people and speaking? Well, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So right. how do I get my message out remotely? Use yeah. what I've got and just show up. So, yeah, that, every day. Dad's voice in my head every day. You know, I've never met your dad and I already like him, okay, <laughs> uh, for a couple different reasons. Number one, I find that I call my kids kid all the time. And although my daughter, my daughter Lauren, has made it very clear to me 
she was scarred by somebody calling her kiddo and i am not allowed to call her kiddo kids okay kiddo is not oh okay so when you share when you share the book with her because there are real there there are great lessons um for uh teens and and young adults just let her know that uh sometimes there's kiddo in there dad called me kiddo a lot kid or or, or kiddo so to not um to not take that on. Yeah. The other piece that's really interesting that you talked about is what you do when you're faced with adversity. And so I am a fellow speaker and author and all, you know, and when this pandemic hit all of a sudden, as you said, the calendar cleared right up, which was not what I was looking for. And that's actually mm -hmm. where the podcast came from because I'm sitting at home thinking, okay, I've got time on my hands. I wanted to do a podcast, but now I've got the time to do it. Let's move forward. And really, I think that that, that leads into one of the things that I, I was hoping that we could talk about. And that is inside of each of us, we carry a message and it's about how to get that message out. So for you, the way that you were getting that message out was standing up in front of large crowds of people and sharing the insight that you have, sharing the wisdom that you've learned, sharing the expertise that you have. And now all of a sudden it's, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. And you've got to figure out a different way to get that message out. So I'm just, I'm wondering how you, how you view your purpose as a communicator or where that fits in, in the significance of your life. That's a very deep, that's a very deep question. Uh, I, I believe so, so profoundly. And um, are you familiar with the concept of a Pollyanna? Have you ever heard that term? I think so, but you better explain it just in case. I'm discovering that it's a little dated and I need to find um, a, a, a new term for the 21st century. But Pollyanna is a character from literature who always had a positive outlook. Uh, there, there wasn't any dark situation that she couldn't turn to see um, the positive in. And um, her presence was um, bottled sunshine too the people around her. And I have been, uh, and I'll use the word accused of being a bit Pollyanna, uh, in my life. How that relates is that I, I sincerely believe that if we, each and every one of us chose to see the value in ourselves inherent doesn't have to be earned, can't be purchased. Our value is based on the fact that we exist. And the value in others. Uh, and one of my core tenets is the concept of respect. Respect to all people, not respect for all people. And Rob, there's a difference. I don't have to respect you. I do have to treat you with respect. Mm. That was one of the things that dad always um, pounded into us uh, verbally, not physically. Sure. Um, he, he would say, you don't have to respect everyone, Lauren Ann. You have no right whatsoever to disrespect anyone, young lady. So I don't have to respect you. I do have to make a daily choice to treat you with respect, whether or not I like what you think, say, or do. So those two things, 
my own self-esteem, our own self-esteem, and a daily choice to treat others with respect, whether or not I like what they think, say, or do, are my two pillars of serenity and success. And I sincerely believe that if by some miracle I could, I could get that concept into everyone's head, the world would be a very different place. The, the, the concept of treating each other with respect. Well, I could say America's forgotten how to do that, but it's not just America. It's, it's the world. And yes, there's been division and there's been conflict since the beginning of time, but that doesn't mean that it, it's not a, a valid ideal that uh, we just need to recognize the dignity and humanity in each and every human being and treat each other with respect. What, what more would we learn if we were open to hearing everyone's opinion? What more would we um, accomplish if we looked at situations from a paradigm that we've never even thought of before? So when it comes to the difference between success and significance, I think a long time ago, I gave up on the concept of being a household name. I'm not going to be Oprah Winfrey. Right. But well, actually, I, not necessarily right. Maybe one of these days, well, you and I will end up in that place. But no, I, I understand what you're uh, saying. Uh, okay. Um, but the fact that the probability that that is not going to happen uh, for me doesn't make my message any less important. It doesn't make it any more valid. And if I can change, you know, I had one person uh, on a, uh, actually on a podcast that I did uh, uh, recently uh, ask me how I know when I've hit it out of the park. Mm. You know, when I'm there on stage or I just, I, right after I walk off stage, how do I know that I've hit it out of the park? And, um, and my response was, uh, I don't necessarily know at that moment, even if they're all on their feet, um, uh, applauding and cheering, um, which has happened, right. uh, when I know that I've really hit it out of the park is when I know that I've made a difference. When I have people reach out to me the next day or, or a week later and say, this, that you said impacted me, and this is how I'm going to put it into practice. Mm -hmm. Or, I even had someone last year, I, I got an email from someone and I have no idea. I didn't know the name, uh, but she said that she had sat in a keynote of mine two years before she wrote me this email. And now she was in uh, experiencing a, a difficult situation and she thought to herself, what would Lauren do? What would Lauren wow. say? Wow, that's awesome. And that one made me cry. So I, I guess I don't have to be a household name. I just have to keep plugging on the message. Um, and and that, that creates my purpose. There are two things that I want to mention that you said right in there. The one is, for me, Pollyanna has often been associated negatively, where mm -hmm. you try and see the positive in something and... Um, the feedback that I would get is like, ah, I think that's just too Pollyanna-ish. And yes. I really, in listening to what you're saying, though, I think that that is such a bad perspective because what would the world look like if we all saw the positive, if we all looked for the positive? 
And instead of looking at someone who says, I see the positive in this and saying, yeah, I think you're naive. I think your, your perspective is off to say it. like, yeah, let's celebrate that because that's ultimately what draws us together. Um, mm-hmm. And, and in that, the other idea is being able to have a dialogue with someone in which you have disagreeing viewpoints and what you have said is to be able to treat people with respect. So many times what we end up with there is the concept of having an argument where I need to tell you how wrong your opinion is. I need to prove that I'm right and you're wrong. Whereas sometimes it's okay just to talk and to listen to what people have to say and to realize that there is validity to both sides of the argument. You know, you remember the, the two people that were are standing looking at a number on the ground and they're both standing mm-hmm. on opposite sides of it. And one says it's a six and one says it's a nine. And the fact is they're both right. It's just in how they look at it. Exactly. And to expand on that uh, just a, a little bit, two things that, uh, that, that came to my mind, uh, two things that, that I teach. One of them is that my life's journey has proven to me without a shadow of a doubt that there are three sides to every story. Yours, mm. mine, and the truth. Mm-hmm. And th- and my side is always uh, created based on my perception, my perspective of a situation. Uh, but wouldn't it be nice if we could get back to the ability to agree to disagree and treat each other with respect anyway? And one of the things that I... Um, uh, that I teach is in every situation, we have to ask ourselves, what am I looking for here? Am I looking to be right? Or am I looking for a right result? Mm -hmm. And if I am looking for a right result, and furthermore, that right result happens, does it matter who was right? Yeah. So you're looking at it really for the outcome, for the the long-term impact of what's going on. And it really becomes less about you and about your own personal pride in being right. And more about the other person. No, not even the other person. It's more about the world. Uh How do I make the world a better place based on my interaction with folks? And I actually think that this kind of brings us full circle because in treating others with respect and being willing to talk and disagree in some ways, isn't that really what defines our significance? And I was just going to say, and that's what significance is about. Yes. Yes. And, and significant leadership Uh, in the, the first of the kernels of wisdom books, which is a daughter's reflection on leadership. There are many of dad's quotes that are similar to each other, but not identical. They are different enough that I separated them uh, them out separately with a different message. But the point is that it's it's not about the leader. It's never about the leader. My father spent his entire career for the United States Air Force in engineering. He was not he was not a speed jockey. He was not a fighter pilot. He was an engineer. And my father led teams 
focused on the greater good. In the early part of his career, he was in facility survivability and ordinance effectiveness, which are all very big words, meaning that he built bombs, he designed bombs that had the maximum impact on their target with the minimal impact on the periphery. Hmm. And facility survivability. When we have our troops over there, we want them in um, facilities and buildings that can withstand attack. He helped design those. In the second half of his career, he was in charge of a place called the Flight Dynamics Laboratory um, at Wright Patterson Air Force Base in uh, outside of Dayton, Ohio. And his team, not him himself, the team that he led, was responsible for designing the advanced composite materials that the F-series fighter jets are built out of and the radar absorbing materials that make the stealth that is part of what makes the stealth bomber stealth. Hmm. So my father spent his entire leadership career in the air force focused on someone else's success, focused on making sure that those who were deployed were as effective as they possibly could be and came home safely. That's leadership focusing on someone else's success. You know, it's so interesting that I had Tom Crea on, who is a Black Hawk helicopter pilot and is also a speaker, but he talked about this and I'm, we're almost out of time, so we don't have really time to get into it, but he talked okay. about how leadership is actually being of service to others. And that really fits in with what your dad was doing. Listen, yes. you have been fantastic and I've really enjoyed this. If folks are interested in either getting in touch with you or getting your new book, where can they find you on the web? Where can they find your book? Where is it available? They can find me at my website, which is uh, my name, laurenschiefer.com. And the book is available there. It is also available on Amazon. And right now for a very limited time, um, the, the, the new version, the Volume two in the series, Kernels of Wisdom, Volume two, A Daughter's Reflection on Significance, is available on Kindle for 99 cents. So you can buy the Kindle version for 99 cents right now for about another four days. Okay. Uh, And um, any questions can be addressed to me, can be addressed on the website. Beautiful. I, I will put a link to the website in the show notes. And I will also put a link in there to where they can get the book. And listen, I bought the book and I have been enjoying it thoroughly. Oh, you have you. you have shown today, Lauren, that you are smart. I have definitely learned from you. It is time to show that you are a person. And so I've got three questions to establish your humanity. Are you ready for these? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Um, question number one, do you sing karaoke? I sing karaoke really well. And what's your go-to I song? I love karaoke. Uh, well, I'm a country girl. So okay. um, I do a Killer Crazy by Patsy Cline, and I also do a Killer Fancy. So, Here's your one yep. chance. Don't let me down. Here's your uh, one beautiful. chance, Fancy. Yep. Okay. On a kind of a similar note to what you've been talking about, is there anything that your mom said that has stuck with you as a nugget of wisdom? <sighs> 
My mother was a flower child. She was a hippie wannabe. Uh, and she used to say, <laughs> my mother would say, you're a heck of a speaker, Lauren Ann, if you weren't so damn preachy. Um, <laughs> That's my funny. mother loved me, but she was not very impressed with me. <laughs> you know, there are some people that are put in our lives to help keep us humble. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right. Last question for you. What is your favorite family time meal? And so whether that's a gathering at a holiday or just again, when your family gets together, what is the one thing that you really enjoy eating? Uh me, me personally, sushi, but my husband doesn't love sushi. So if it's the family getting together, I, I make a really good green chili enchilada. That's okay. what my kids always ask for their birthday is, the, is, is my homemade green chili enchiladas. That'll work. Um, so if I ever end up at your place, I know what I'm going to ask for. I, listen, oh, I will make them for you. Thank you. Lauren Schieffer, you have been fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I, I will include all of your contact information. Folks, check her out. Check out the book. I, everybody that's listening, thank you so much. I will remind you, as always, when you stop learning, you stop living. Have a great day, everybody. Mm -hmm.